This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 A fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. Ramin Behrani, how are you today? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Although Iran faced a crushing defeat in the World Cup the other day no, against no, 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 no. We it get wasn't... to talk about something a little happier. Yeah, oh God. That so makes me so sad to hear. Yeah, I was standing there watching just yeah, it made me very sad. I I think we were all uh bated breath and it was uh, it was a very difficult choice because uh like you, my father's from Iran, so it's this, Oh really? Yeah, so it's this whole do I cheer for the Iranian side? Because without Iran, I wouldn't, you know, my ancestry wouldn't exist. But without America, I wouldn't exist. So it's this strange dichotomy of, you know, origin versus continuation of lineage. For me, there was no question I was pulling for Iran 100% because, um, well, both my parents are from Iran. I was born and raised here, but, um, you know, I see myself as Iranian first and American second despite everything. And America doesn't need it. Iran needed it. You know, they, they need that. And there's a revolution happening. And um, I just think it would have emotionally been a jolt for the people who were risking their lives right now. You know, uh, it's unfortunate, but hopefully that could be a future documentary for you if another revolution takes place, uh, mirroring 79 in favor of the people this time. But... I would say I, to quickly, I know we should talk about second chance. Yeah, quickly, I would just say someone there should make it and they should control their own fate. And I hope countries like America and England stop meddling in, in you know, yeah. No, I, I share the sentiment with you, Ramin. Uh, but today we're talking about second chance. Uh, you know, Richard Davidson, a bankrupt pizzeria owner decides to invent the modern day uh, body armor and bulletproof vest by shooting himself well over 190 times, so 192 times to be exact, uh, to prove its a uh, its efficiency. Yes, yes, it's a wild story. Um, you know, the the when the producers first approached me, they wanted me to do a fiction film because I'm I mainly I do fiction films. This is my first documentary, but I saw this treasure trove of archives, including. What you described of Richard shooting himself, he has filmed all of this and he's also made eight hours of movies, propaganda, marketing, some of them quite hilarious. Um, and he stars in some of them. Um, some of them are very kind of fascistic and brutal and frightening in their philosophies. You know, let's say his versions of Dirty Harry films, which are all about executing quote bad guys. Um, so when I saw those archives, I knew this would be much better as a documentary for me, you know. And for someone like Richard Davis, you know, and his personality, although there is quite a bit of humor in it just from the the presentation of who he is, we wouldn't have believed it otherwise if we didn't see the actual archival footage and just would have said, oh, Ramin is uh, blowing this out of proportion. Yeah, it's, it is shocking to see the image because he, he was an out-of-work pizzeria owner in 1969 and he invented the modern day concealable body armor, something slim enough that you could wear under your police uniform. And, um, but he invented it in his basement. 
And to prove that it worked, he put a gun to his chest and shot himself point blank and filmed it. And I have to say, there's a lot of, maybe it's crazy, but I would say it's courageous. It was courageous and his invention saved a thousand, thousand, over a thousand people. And, um, but next to that, Richard made some very strange decisions. Um, and he hurt a lot of people along the way. And so I think part of the movie is trying to reconcile this kind of duality he has and, um, the impact he made on the people around him, both good and bad. And some of the bad is so crazy. And some of the things you see in the film are so out there. I mean, including his father, who was on, on Iwo Jima during the famous World War II battle. There's an image of him with a rifle in his hand shooting at his son point blank on a, on a boat and he cannot stop shooting. And decades later, there's Richard on camera again pointing a gun at his own son. Like this is the crazy family tradition of shooting at one another. So it, it was just kind of, as you said, too, too wild to believe was true until you see the footage. Is it almost to the point, you know, let's, let's play amateur psychologist with, with Richard Davis on this, that it's become thrill seeking. Like what's the next thrill? You know, people have jumped out of the, of an airplane for, for thrills, bungee jumping or even reverse bungee jumping where they, they, you know, release you up into the, uh, into the top. Uh, what is it about having shot himself 192 times in the chest that an average mundane life would just ruin everything for him that he has to create some of these issues for himself? I don't know. I, no, I think he, he had to do it to prove that it would work. Um, the way that an engineer may stand under their bridge to prove that they believe in what they've created. And then as he says, he says the first time was science. The next 191 times was show business, meaning he knew he had to do this to sell the product. And he did. He went from an out-of-work pizzeria guy to running a multi-million dollar company where two-thirds of the police in America were wearing his vest. And when 9-11 happened, it was gangbusters for that company. They were selling to the military. Even President Bush wore his vest. So I think he was savvy to understand marketing um, he had a, a magazine he put out called Sex and Violence. It included violence and it included, you know, women in bikinis. This was his way of marketing to mainly male police officers. There were some women, of course, too, but he saw his demographic as more um, heterosexual male. So he was marketing to that as he saw fit at that time. And um, but there's also some psychosis involved in the entire all his movies and his life. I mean, as his second ex-wife says, he's a narcissist. So he is either the hero or the victim of all his stories. You know, there's a story recounted in the film about a man losing his life violently in front of his family and another man losing an arm and a leg in this firework explosion that Richard is the center of. And his only response really is um, to blame China. You know, so a lot of these things for me were metaphors for the country and for leaders of the country, you know. What was something that you learned in your research of Richard that you wish you could have put in the documentary, but just didn't fit the flow of the narrative? Uh, two very interesting things that I really wanted, many, but there are two that come to my mind. One is he also invented a device for um, helping men with erectile dysfunction. Um, and that was, he was very excited about, about that. Um, and on a more 
serious and disturbing and deadly note, despite creating body armor, which is to save people. He also invented with his friend who appears in the film, Bruce MacArthur, uh, who's a bullet maker. Um, He appears briefly in the film. He invented with him one of the most deadly bullets ever made. They called it Thunder Zap. And if it penetrated your body, it would tear you apart from the inside. It was so brutal that it appeared in the Punisher comic book series. There's even an image of it in there, and it says Thunder Zap. And the Punisher comic book is like a Dirty Harry. It's a vigilante uh, comic book character. Um, And then Richard decided he couldn't do that anymore. But the idea that he was doing both things, creating that which would kill and creating that which would save it was so incredible. It was so hard not to have, it was in the film until the very, very last moments. And finally we just, it didn't seem to help the flow of the whole movie. And it was one of those fascinating darlings that had to get cut. Well, maybe it'll end up as a Blu-ray special feature. Yeah. That and actually Bruce MacArthur, the bullet maker, there's such amazing conversation with him, but we only got to use one piece of, I always thought he would be a nice short a short addition to the film. Ramin, I know we're running out of time, so I'm going to leave you with this. Since the movie is called Second Chance, and we know Richard Davies got his second chance in life and becoming a success, uh, if you didn't go down the the path of being a filmmaker, what would have been your second chance option that you would have uh, taken after? In Engineering off the table, because I know all Iranians are guilty of being engineers. Not just that, but all Iranians, especially Iranian men, are guilty of claiming they can do anything. Um, this is one of our qualities. Uh, Except saying, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. <laughs> well, yes, and also um, they say the only thing that can stop an Iranian man is an open door because they want to allow the other person to go first, as is Tarof, which is part of our culture. Um, I don't know, pro- probably writer or painter, something like that, Yeah. Can we please say instead, we hope for a second chance for our country in Iran? From your lips to God's ears on that one. Yes. Yeah. But Ramin Bahrani, it was a great pleasure speaking with you. Second Chances screening right now in Los Angeles and New York will be available in a wider release on December 9th and then later on in spring 2023 on Showtime. Yeah, you've done some fantastic work and thank you so much. Uh, where can we find you on social media if we want to connect with you and, uh, chit chat a little bit about the film? This is offline or we're still in the, we're still on, but if you, oh, I, I don't really do. I the only, I just recently joined Instagram to see what's happening in Iran. But other than that, I had not, I'm not really using social media, but it's the only way to see the, the, you know, that's how you see what's happening in Iran is Twitter and, and um, Instagram. You can see the, but sometimes it's very difficult to watch um, the violence. It's like this unbelievable heroism and, and so, so tragic at the same time. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, unfortunate of the tragedy, but thing, the world is starting to pay attention. I hope. Ramin, thank you so much for your time. And again, Second Chance is available right now in Los Angeles and New York. Expanded releases December 9th and then on Showtime in the spring of 2023. Congratulations on this documentary. Thank you.